Mr. Jim Davis, we regret to him. Man, how many period? I had two beers, right? Yeah. You don't fucking blind or something. Okay, this letter says, quoting, no longer eligible as a police officer candidate. What the fuck does that mean? Come on, dude. No longer eligible? I mean, what does that sound like? You pulled the plug, dude. No, no. Why? Oh, man, I bet you it's because I bet you it's because I'm white. But it's because you're a dick. No, 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 Mike, you don't understand. I am fucked. I gotta get married. Right. Okay? INS won't let me bring Marta across right. unless I got employment. I promised her. This fucks up my plan. This is fucking bullshit. Okay? This, these fucking assholes, this fuck, these fucking assholes! The fuck is their problem, man? This is fucking typical cop! Hey, game bullshit! Yo, yo, well, fucking chill, Miguel Gorilla. I mean, you tripping, dude. Hey, what the fuck are you looking at, asshole? Yo, yo, Jeff, Jeff! The fucking kick your teeth down, you puko! Yo, you fucking watch up! Jeff, Jeff, dude, kick back, dude. The fucking light is green, man. Get the fuck in the car. Man, you're gonna catch a case doing that shit, man. What the fuck are you doing? Yo, fuck the LAPD, man. What's up with Pasadena, Pomona, Santa Ana, oh, and all no, that? Yeah, fuck the sticks. LA City's the shit. Hey, Sheriff's Department. It's good enough for the INS. It's still basically LA, right? Oh, yeah. Sheriff's Department, yeah. Well, they make you work the jails the first two years or something. You know, I could be cracking heads up at the honor ranch. I give them a call, start Thursday. Yo, it's just a minor setback, right? Quit tripping, dude. Oh, shit. Hey, you know what I want to do? What? I don't want to get fucked up. to the Cinema 9 Podcast. My name is Michael Govier. I am one of the hosts of the show, along with the two other co-hosts, Travis Roy and Eric Branstrom. And on today's show, we're going to talk about movies. Hey, all right. We usually go in the same order. So, Travis Roy, hi. Hello. How are you? What's going on today? 
I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I've been running around a little bit, uh, going camping tomorrow with co-host Eric Branstrom and, oh! some, other, and some other folks. So that's uh, trying Eric, to get ready for that. Up. Yeah, yeah. So that's just been uh, running around a little bit, trying to get everything together. I got some 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 pets to organize, that kind of thing, food to buy, all that kind of stuff. So, but I'm doing good. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Hey, right, did you get that air mattress? No, I'm going to borrow one from good friend of the show, Steve Laskowski. I knew he'd have one in the tank. Yeah, he's got plenty of stuff. He's got everything. That's fantastic. He's always got extra stuff. His house is filled with goodies. Well, this is the Cinema Night Podcast. We're talking about movies and Eric Albert Branstrom. He, Albert Branstrom. How's it going, buddy? What's the word? I'm really excited to be with you gentlemen tonight. Uh, I've uh, stepped up my A game, so uh, I'm going to have some movies to talk about this week. Uh, I've, I've set aside Hoarders episodes uh so i'm ready to talk film and i'm gonna try my best not to break the homie code we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah you know how do you know when you violate the homie code when is it a definite breach yeah i don't know but uh, i had a nice guffaw on that one homie the, code. yeah if you vi- if if it's not talked about beforehand then how do you know you violated the homie code doesn't the parameters have to be laid it's out prior a- it's unspoken. It's it's what it's whatever whim uh, you know the narcissist is feeling in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> pulling a gun on your friend probably just beats it automatically. You should know that. So, but we'll get I, into that. Pulling a gun on your friend or anyone violates most codes across the <laughs> land. It's most not very homey. Yeah. No, it's not. It doesn't feel very homey. I don't feel cozy at all. No. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, <laughs> a podcast. We're going to be <clears throat> talking about. Harsh Times, the 2005 film directed by David Ayer, starring Christian Bale. So that'll be the focus of our Does It Hold Up segment, which we will basically close the show with in a little bit of a format shift. So okay. we, we hope you people that love routine don't get too pissed about this. Uh, we will also talk about our top three Christian Bales, our, our, our three personal favorite roles, performances, or films of Christian Bales. And, of course... We're going to give you our quarantine movie picks. Uh, I don't know. Is Michigan still under a quarantine? I don't even know if it's true anymore. I'm so lost in this world. Guys. I, don't know. Uh, I mean, our, our governor didn't get kidnapped, so I guess that's a good thing. Let's that just is start a good from thing. there. Uh, yep. You know, if your governor gets kidnapped, <laughs> does that mean you get a day off from school? I don't think it means anything. I mean, it's for, at least as far as that goes. I'm pretty sure you continue to go to school, go to work. I'm, I'm sure it means a lot in the grand scheme of things. I don't mean to downplay that drastic uh, little tid. I think the Michigan there. militia is an easy but, target. Yeah, you know, it's not fair. Mich- Michigan militia did something. Right? Are they militias. trying to do something? Is that what Too many militias. It's not the Michigan militia. Somebody told me if you grew up in Michigan, north of Flint, odds are you have a family member in the Michigan militia. But I don't know if that's true. I don't think the I Michigan militias. Are, I mean, like there are just Michigan militias. Now, I don't think the Michigan militia is a thing anymore. There's yeah. just like a smattering of, you know, you know, gun, clubs. gun enthusiasts who who really fear slash love the government. I guess they, they want yeah. to protect it and overthrow it. It depends on who's in charge. Either um, way, yeah. don't send don't send us a picture of yourself plotting the adoption of a uh, major political uh, affiliate. <laughs> Please, yeah, Please we don't. Wanna, yeah, we're not interested in being involved in politics okay. on the show. No. But hey, you know, we love movies. Uh, what's your favorite movie about politics, guys? Anything come to mind that you actually enjoy? Because Branstrom, I, I feel like you wouldn't like any movies about politics. I, I gotta say, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not big into that. But I have 
never really seen a good movie about the Patty Hearst story, unless I'm off base, but that is a really interesting story. I kind of like to see, I know, a thriller. Ron Howard might be a good uh, director to give us a... We love the good setup. I don't know if that... I mean, maybe there's some political intrigue if you... Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if that, that qualifies as a political... I mean, there's certainly a political message that she was going... But not like it's not like right. the, the halls of power kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really <laughs> care about halls of, of power. power. I like... Uh, yeah, I'm more I'd of a... Like, milk. Uh, I'd no. say Milk. I'd say Milk. I mean, yeah. it's a great... It's a beautiful movie. Gorgeous. Um, and uh, it really shows, you know, some of the bits about, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's about lost idealism and that kind of stuff. If you want something more gritty, I guess Ides of March. Ooh. Gosling and uh, what's his nuts? That other famous gentleman. Underrated one from 1991. Jorge Clooney. Uh, was, yeah, underrated movie, I think. I haven't seen it in a while. I might have to ask myself if it holds up at some point. Oh, here. bye. Bye. Uh, Yes. A 1991 film called the, I believe it's called True Colors with James Spader and John Cusack. It's about Ooh. two up and comers in the political system in DC and they both go different ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I watched it about a year ago and it was not bad. I mean, it's the guys are playing against type in that film, actually. So I enjoyed that. But you guys ever see Bob Roberts, Tim Robbins? Film? Never saw yeah. Bob Roberts. It always looked a little dry for me. Oh, what you know, Hunt Tucker Proxy. That's a good movie, but I was gonna think a good political movie would be uh, Dave. Remember Dave? Love Dave. Yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave. American Best president. Comedy ever. Dave, an American president. When it, like when people had faith in presidents in America and stuff. And, yes, Dave uh, and the Distinguished Gentleman came out around the same time in the nineties. I like both those as comedies about politics. Yeah, yeah. Although, Who did the best job playing a president? Martin Sheen. Well, is that TV though? Anything? Movies? I mean, does it matter? Okay. Well, I mean, What's Martin Sheen off the top of my head. Like Martin Sheen, I feel like like I'd trust him. Like, okay, you can be president. You've played a convincing one on television. You go ahead and do it now. I, I thought I, that. Uh, I thought. <laughs> I thought that maybe Debo himself, or <laughs> Tiny Lister in the Fifth Element, did a hell of a job as the president. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. Chalk I like. The, I, I like the casting. I like the casting. Or Terry Crews as as Mountain Dew Hector Camacho Elizondo okay, the whoa, fourth whoa, whoa. in. Idiocracy. That's actually my personal favorite. Present. We'll be talking Terry Crews today. That's for damn sure. Oh, that's right. Terry Crews is in this movie. I yeah. Forgot. Yeah. Oh, you know, Bruce Greenwood plays presidents a lot. He's, he's yeah. usually a pretty convincing president. Yeah. I think he played uh, JFK in 13 days, yeah, right? 13 days. He's yeah. also a uh, national, uh, national treasure book of secrets. <laughs> Never seen <laughs> any of the Iron Man presidents. three or two Iron Man. One of the Iron Men. He was uh, two? He played the president. Uh, two, I, I, I think. No, three, three, because it, was, it had Iron Patriot in it. Yeah. I've never seen a National Treasure, and I've never seen Night at Museums. Any of those? And Night at Museums are actually pretty fun. But hey, the first National Treasures, first National Treasure is fucking great. I love that. Yeah, movie. but you're a Nick Cage fanatic. It's not fair. And it's in its history, but it's still a fun movie. No matter which way you slice it. I mean, uh, the second one is just you know just tilling the same earth. There was no reason for it to be a thing. <laughs> But uh, all right, well, hey, look, since we're talking so much about movies, why don't we just get into our quarantine movie suggestions? For the day? <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. It's, uh, it's October, gentlemen. We're in fall. This is the best time of year. It feels oh God, yeah. so great. It's actually getting a little too hot uh, today. I was a little disappointed. Got a little too warm outside for my kind of fall. But I know that soon enough it'll be cold and it's going to be wonderful. We can put on uh, blankets and walk around like Steve Guile did for a week when he wore a blanket for a whole week. Remember that? Yeah, it, that, that really happened. 
I always wanted to do that. If anybody's ever yeah. wore a blanket for an entire week, like wherever you went, uh, email the show, cinnamonipod at protonmail.com or DM us on Twitter, uh, Instagram as well. Take All right, Travis. Having a breakdown. Take um, a picture of yourself, <laughs> Emmy. Uh, a cacking, a a hearty psycho laugh while it's it all falling apart. Um, uh, Travis, we know you're busy, but you've been watching film and you I've got been, the dogs yeah. there. They look so cute. Um, what do you like to watch with the dogs this past week? <laughs> well, I, I, I watched a few movies. I watched Villains from last year. I put, I put okay. a, uh, check out our I Instagram page for that. Check yeah. out the Instagram page. Got my review on there. I watched, speaking of Dave and uh, American President and movies from the 90s, uh, that like feel good political movies. I watched Guarding Tess and also speaking of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I watched that last night. Did you really? That's, you that's hilarious. That what, last night. What are the odds? Um, so I'd seen night. it before, but not since 94. And I there really is. liked it, man. I, I thought it was really good. Um, I, 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 okay, well, uh, you know, you could just, uh, I mean, for those that can't see Eric's face, say, he's appalled. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible at body language. Continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was an enjoyable little film, uh, and I, and of course, I like Nick Cage. Um, I will talk about one of these later when we get into into uh, into the Christmas and Bale. Uh, I watched Dave Made a Maze for 2017. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but it was an entertaining idea. The, the plot is that a guy makes a cardboard maze in his apartment, and like it transcends <laughs> space and time, and like he. Um, like it's trapped like, inside of it. It becomes like this huge labyrinth with like a minotaur inside of it. It's fantasy. It's really weird. Awesome. It's Dave a great made premise. A maze. Dave made a maze. Uh, Dave made a maze, and it co-stars uh, James Urbaniak, who I'm a big fan of. But uh, it's a little bit of a miss. But it's worth checking out because it's under a buck thirty. So like uh, you know, if, if you want something to to you know to blow through, it's it, it certainly didn't hurt. Um, I watched The Devil's Candy from 2015. It's a horror awesome movie. movie. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this movie for a long time. I was I was glad to finally put it under the belt. I mean, Ethan Embry, Ethan Embry, um, awesome. such such a I, such a performance of his career, probably. You know, the guy's yeah. done some pretty decent work, but um, hasn't had a chance to shine a lot. But that was woo, he did really good in this. And you know, Pruitt Taylor Vince. I mean, like he's a little typecast, but yeah, he was really good in this. And the movie was intense, and I really liked the direction, man. I really the guy hasn't done Sean Byrne is I, the guy's I'm, name. I'm looking up right now. Yeah, no follow up. No, nothing since. But I hope he's I hope he's working on something because he's got a he's got an eye and he writes. A, yeah. he, the script is not the most like complex, but man, it's like it's haunting. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and the highlight for the weekend uh, or last weekend for me was I watched Into the Spider-Verse, which I've seen many times, but I watched it with my three-year-old nephew and that was real sweet. So that was my, that was my highlight. Oh, if I had to, no, I, I and then if I have to make any recommendations, I forgot my, I overlooked my number one. Uh, I revisited Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight from 1995. <laughs> okay. That movie still yeah. fucking kicks ass. I have seen it so many times, but I hadn't seen it in forever. And, and That's dude, not Bordello it, of Blood with Dennis Bordello. Bordello. <laughs> Bordello. No, no, this, that one never did it for me, but the first one, Demon Knight, was a great oh. movie. Billy Zane is a fantastic oh, villain. Uh, and uh, yeah, and William Sadler, uh, you know, like I wish he'd started more like been like the lead in more movies pretty much he's the lead oh. in this movie and he and he he he's a good actor and i would have liked to have seen him uh you know do more with that i uh used to be a huge fan of the television show growing up on hbo so yeah. believe it or not tales for the crypt i used to watch it all the time i used to know every episode <laughs> well, you know i saw I, yeah you know me i saw bordello of blood I probably saw it with you in the theater, but I didn't see Demon Knight in theater. So uh, I have to check you that did. one out, maybe, because Tales of the Crypt, 
brings me back to the 90s and i love going back to hbo in the 90s it just oh, takes me back to it it's very 90s couch. it's it's a first it's a breakthrough role for jada pinkett smith too oh um, wow yeah, her of the red it. table my favorite show on facebook i don't have a favorite show on facebook i know no one i just thought that was the dumbest <laughs> thing ever to say but that probably mike, is a real thing mike how was the nudity in bordello of blood uh, was it a- no, no, no 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 we I don't need to hear a, about mike's masturbation i don't have a strong uh <laughs> By the way, I don't, first off, I don't really masturbate to these. I just enjoy uh, beautiful women, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I do this is, remember this is the new Paul Schrader talking about you and naked celebrities and and your. Not the new. It's been a part of the show. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, Eric, how about you, buddy? What have you been watching I, well, I on your you. lovely television in Griffith, Indiana? I also watched Guarding Test last night. It popped up. I so the diet, and uh, I mean, Travis, God love you. I mean. If there's anyone I know who just loves, you know, movies and Nick Cage. You know, just just being entertained by Nick Cage, it's you. But I found this to be just a lifeless bore. I mean, <laughs> this is the type of movie like that just like I imagine just like old people shuffling out of church and being like, hey, want to see a movie? They see this, they laugh at things that aren't even funny. And then they're like, oh, that was a great movie. I didn't get it. Lifeless. Lifeless. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't feeling it. I tried to watch uh I tried to watch Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I absolutely fucking hated Jurassic World. I don't know why I tried to watch the sequel, but it was so abominable. I shut it off after about five minutes. You know when like yes! you know when like a Pepsi commercial like there's like movie tie-ins like by like Pepsi and Doritos and like they try to like make it look like it's the movie, but then like the guy has like Doritos or like cracks of Pepsi. This is what like that that first like ten minutes was like. And I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is like made by committee. It's completely empty trash. What the fuck is going on with summer blockbusters? They fucked the Jurassic franchise. It's over, dead." Um, look, has there ever been any good movies besides the first one? If we really get down to it, I love The Lost World. I think it's actually a really underrated film. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up for the first one, but I don't think there's been a good one since. <laughs> I took another look at Ghostbusters two, and it's been several years since I've seen it. The plot is fucked, man. Like it's literally, a, ha- a haunted painting uh, comes to New York, and its its mission is to abduct a baby so that the spirit of some ancient conqueror can go the Carpathian take over the world. It's it's really fucking. Uh, it's it genuinely creepy and that's what i love about these both one and two ghostbusters like the stuff in them like the the um supernatural elements were in my opinion genuinely pretty scary and cool and i doubt they'd take a chance on something like that nowadays um all that one the theater remember it well really good it came it came out a week before batman which yes. i didn't know and that's what really gave it a hit on its box office saw but, both uh, those in the theater yeah, that was 1989, the summer, man. Holy shit. That was a great I year. My mom was, the, yeah, she was stuck with three kids and <laughs> trying to find uh, things for us to do. Hey, let's go to the theater. Hey, let's go to the theater. They'll be quiet yeah, for two hours. <laughs> I mean, I shrunk the kids, snuck along shortly thereafter. I took a look Definitely at Definitely saw that at the drive-in. So. Oh, God, yeah. I took a look at that documentary, Free Solo, about that dude, uh, Alex Hanold, who scaled fucking El Capitan. Yeah. And that was pretty inspiring. It's on Disney Plus right now. I sat there watching it, and I'm like, Christ, like a few months ago, I like literally like cleaned my gutters off like a 12 foot like telescoping ladder. And I was like, this is a huge accomplishment. I felt like a fucking man. Then I watched that a few days ago. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Now that's an accomplishment. Scale L copy 10. I feel um, like you're in a different income bracket if you 
have Disney Plus, like just it thrown in there. Oh, I, I like only Disney have the Verizon uh, free year. Otherwise, yeah, there's, there's no way. I feel like you're in a different income bracket if you can fly to wherever the fuck El Capitan is and climb <laughs> it. That's where I thought you were going to go with that. No, uh, don't, 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 don't compare your like uh, your your very real and important homeowning accomplishments to you know to this shit. If you do that, you're never gonna you know, if you you're never gonna appreciate the the simple joys of life, Eric, and the simple hmm, joys of home you. ownership, which I don't want to know anything about. I'll just keep thank you very much. Yeah, I'd rather have my <laughs> landlord have to pay for my furnace, but that's just me. Thank you. Um, if I may, 30 seconds. Uh, the highlight of the week was this film, Annabellum, by relative newcomers uh, Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz. This was a really beautifully shot movie with a really creepy premise that got a little lost in the muck of the structure they they set out with, but it was eviscerated by critics unfairly, in my opinion. I think it's definitely worth a shot if you're into horror, it being October. Janelle Monet is incredible in it. October, Rocktober, Jocktober, Shocktober. There's so many words that fill in for October, and people love. Oh, sober October is another thing I've heard too. So heard about that. Yeah. Uh, you anybody sober right now? I'm sober right now. So hey, no. good for me. No, no, I'm <laughs> nah, not. Nah. Okay, maybe next month. Uh, no, next month is uh, mustache month or whatever, right? You don't no shave November. No, so I, I, have I have mustache year round. It's meaningless. We all do. I don't all three like of us these have- months. These months are always taken by something, and I don't like trends, so I try to avoid it. But hey, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I feel I. F- hey, what? Who's downloading the app? Shut up, Google Home. That was weird. Okay. Um, Is that Google Home? That's what that was. It just chimed in out of nowhere. I don't even use that thing. Is the future? <laughs> I should just unplug it. Uh, I watched plenty of movies this past week, and I think it's what? indicative of my passion for film or my deep depression. I can't quite figure out which one it is, but either way, I am enjoying film again. I've tuned out the sports world and I've gotten back to movie watching completely. All right. All right. I got to tell you, man. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk about Christian Bale's top three uh, in a moment after this, but so I guess I'll put... Should I throw those in the honorable mentions of that? Sec- I'll throw them in the honorable mentions. Fine. Because yeah, some yeah. of these didn't make the cut. That's but I did watch them. Okay. Uh, let's see. So I watched a silly movie from 1993. I went back. I told you my HBO obsession. Oh, boy. And I think of the 90s. And HBO was kicking out, like, great movies on HBO oh, God, films. Yeah. And Late shift. They, uh, a couple of them. I was like, I got to go back and check these out because I haven't seen them since I was a kid. And one was called Barbarians at the Gate, which is about a takeover, a real takeover of RJR Nabisco in 1989. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a so it's a <laughs> RJR Nabisco, a tobacco slash Nabisco. They had merged in the earlier 80s, part of the 80s. And this was about a leverage buyout and a take a hostile takeover. So the whole but the funny thing is the film is a comedy. So it's a comedy about a hostile takeover. So it's supposed to be like uh, funny, but it's like a serious setup about billions of dollars at stake. It stars James Garner, and it's got this goofy 90s uh, soundtrack, like theme with like that clarinet, like that goofy clarinet of the 90s. Like, (laughs) and he's like, it's so 90s. Like there's something about like alto sax or clarinet something that we're all over in the 90s for some reason especially with funny movies and i don't know why that is but <laughs> that's what i took away most from this film it's okay it's not bad it's james garner going head to head with uh jonathan price 
in big, big business. Interesting. It and sounds very true. Mike Govier. This sounds right it's up a, your alley. Well, it's a, based on it's a true story. So it also, I get really into like where we are now economically, and this kind of stuff has to do with it. So I find that intriguing. So if you start looking at it layers and layers and layers, it becomes interesting. But you know, overall, overall, the movie is just like a snooze. It's like, okay. James Garner, I do think James Garner is very underrated, though. And I think we should take a moment to give him appreciation because he really has this presence. Like, he's got that voice. You know it's James yeah. Garner right away. Everybody, let's take a moment. Let's stop and just stop what you're doing and just <laughs> calmly sit and think about James Garner and his work. <laughs> Appreciate him and his gravelly voice. And Okay, all right, fine. And uh, like I promised, I said I would catch up on some of those old Nicholson films. So I knocked out King of Marvin Gardens, Five Easy Pieces, hey. The Last Detail, and Paul. And uh, two of them are both directed by Bob Raffleson, which are, absolutely I was not familiar with who he was before this. I know who Hal Ashby is. He's legendary. Um, I have to say, I liked Last Detail the best of the three with with Marvin Gardens coming in a close second and Easy oh, Pieces being third. I, lo I love Marvin Gardens so I much. love Five Easy Pieces. I can see. Uh, uh, I still, I, I still need to see yeah. five easy pieces, but but yeah, I can see Last Detail. I mean, Last Detail is it's it's different because it's like um, it's not. He doesn't own the movie. Like he doesn't take over the whole movie with his personality. He's actually well, even less so in Marvin Gardens, which is it really makes that movie work. He's so subdued. Like, it's, I it's agree. a role reversal between him and Bruce Dern. Like they, yeah, they, they could they they should have like they could have been cast opposite but it was like a pineapple express thing and randy quaid was nominated in the last detail i can't believe he was not i mean it's a solid was job he? but it's, he was nominated for academy award for best supporting actor in that no film shit. and to see him who he is now and uh, i don't oh, know fuck what, uh, it was the rats uh it was so young he looks so young but he's so big it's hard to see him as like a young I don't know. It was very weird to go back in time and see a guy 40, 50 years ago who now yeah. is like a mad. Well, I don't want to cast aspersions on the guy. He's got issues. But anyway, uh, let's be honest. I, Dude's a little he goofy. was I, the king. If basically, Marvin Gardens and Last Detail were a tie, really, because Marvin because Bruce Dern was so awesome. And I love oh young God, Bruce yeah. Dern because he's yeah. like so vibrant and alive in that. And what's going on in this film? You just have to watch this film because it just <laughs> they don't. The way storytelling may, maybe wasn't always this way in the 70s, but back in the 80s and 70s, they didn't just lay everything out for you all the time. And in Marvin Gardens in particular, you have no idea what's going on a lot of the film. And you really have to, like, follow along and just kind of hope for the best. But Ellen Burson also is outstanding. Oh, yeah. God, She's such uh, a great actor. I, I really like that. It was a good call. Both, they're, they're all good, but Five Easy Pieces kind of, like... I loved it. Kind of dragged a bit. And uh, I didn't even find... You know, that's just my opinion. Anyways, so I got all those done. And, uh, of course, I watched uh, another HBO film called Casualties of War. A Brian <laughs> De Palma film. Yeah. Michael yep. J. Fox? And yeah. John John a, that was an HBO movie? It was an HBO, yeah. Oh, it, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, I've seen that. It's crazy. Um, Michael J. Fox in a Vietnam, like a very, very serious This. Um. I didn't know this. I found out after the fact, but uh, apparently Quentin Tarantino's personal favorite Vietnam movie ever about Vietnam. Um, oh, Body Bags 2? <laughs> the dailies on Body Bags 2? Yeah. It's a, oh, sneak peek. That was nice. But I'll tell oh, you this. Uh, it's very, very, very difficult. It's a difficult watch. It's no joke. And you're like, wow, Michael J. Fox 
is you would think he'd be out of his element maybe because you know doc hollywood back to the future family ties Fine this film. is there is no comedy in this movie there's not even a moment of like levity this is a serious ass this is one of the this is one of the different stories of vietnam it's not like just about hey we're in the bush like some crazy <laughs> shit it gets it goes off the rails and it's john c Riley's first movie he's one of the there's like five guys on a patrol sean penn john c Riley, also ving rames maybe that's where tarantino got the idea to put him in pulp fiction because he loved this movie but um it's pretty good it's a really good film very thought-provoking wow. very very not suitable for children this is a very um this is a very oh man it's tough it's a tough watch so uh, but it is a well-done film, and I think De Palma deserves credit for that. It's got a lot of heavy hitters in it. So to revisit, yeah, I would like. Uh, and I also watched Suburbicon, which you guys said wasn't very good. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it wasn't. It, yeah, we were. Right. You know, it's like drag. It's like what's going on? They want me to like guess what's going on. Like, oh, you get the feeling like they want the black people to be held responsible for some type of crime. That's but then it like goes in this different direction, and the payoff. It's like eh, I don't really care. I don't really. <sighs> You really feel it's, it, so it's a misfire. It's one of those movies where you feel like, I wonder if they knew it was a misfire as they did it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do we know what we're doing here? And then uh, <laughs> I watched, holy crap! I watched something called Sidekicks. Have you guys have any idea what this movie is? Sidekicks. Talking about the, uh, the Chuck Norris and uh, yes! the kid yes! that played uh, the turtle's buddy in The Secret of the Use. It's, it, no, it's Jonathan Brandis from Sequel. Okay, all right, yeah. This is a, and it's got I Joe think. Piscopo in it. And it's, <laughs> it's Joe Piscopo, like, put, so basically the kid has a bunch of daydreams about being with Chuck Norris and all oh these daydreams. God. So the bad guy in every scene, and there's like 10 of these daydreams, is Joe Piscopo. And he's being the most Piscopo, <laughs> out to lunch, Bozo Piscopo there ever was. And you're like, what the hell am I watching? It's Bozo Piscopo. Yes, trademark that name. Why would you hit play, Mike? Because again, this is another HBO come home from school (laughs) in like seventh grade. This movie was on. They basically, you know, they signed a deal. Like there was a license where we have to show this movie for the next three years every day on HBO, and that's what happened. So it got stuck in my brain. It's not a good movie at all. It's terrible. It's don't say. A karate remake. Total karate kid ripoff. It has a karate tournament with an ending with the bully and the Jonathan Brandis and everything. They're not even trying to hide it. It's it's dumb. But it's also directed by Chuck Norris's brother. That's the only reason it probably ever happened. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, so that I, I watched a lot of different interesting Oh, and last thing, last one. I'll be done. I swear. I finally watched The Public. God, was that so good. I oh, love that so, movie. It's so good, dude. I got so I got good. Wow. They got, they should have gotten Oscar God, noms. Was that? It was gotten... so apropos for, I mean, it was made two years ago, but it's still, it's like it could have been made yet last night. It's so yeah. good. It's very, so much good. A fil- a very much a film of our times, right? Yes. And, and to me, you start laying the groundwork. I have to see The Way, which I haven't seen. 2010's The Way by yeah, a movie. I see that too. I got to see that. But I, you put Bobby and you put this in there, and he's really got a That's knack for like um, social commentary. Uh, Milo Estevez, he's not Ooh. like a director of our times, but he's very underrated, and I think uh, he doesn't do a lot of he doesn't do a lot of output. But when he makes right. something, he definitely puts a lot of time and thought into it. And the cast is killer, you know, Michael K. Williams, and uh, it's good. It's really good, and I'm glad I watched it. I found myself right. wanting to watch it. It's not like a fun movie necessarily, but it's so fascinating because it's. It's not really preachy either. So I don't know. I, I think everybody, I just want to recommend the public if you ever find it. I don't know I where it is. Um, 
but I just yeah. happen to have a copy. So I agree. He's, right. he's only done a couple of movies, but man, he really puts his like. He, I need to see the way because he really puts his mark on each one of these movies that he does. It seems like uh, he. He, I think he's, I think he's got real greatness in him, and uh, he, I, I think he's got better stuff, even better coming down the line. I gotta see it, Mike. I gotta say it, or else it's gonna eat me up all week. I'm so glad you're catching up on Early Deck Nicholson, but I'm on Amazon Prime every night looking for movies, and this movie keeps coming up over and over again, and I can't pull the trigger because the cover box is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Going south. <laughs> like the dumb noose is there and he's like oh, hey, yeah. shit, what's gonna happen that either. i can't pull the trigger the cover box is so stupid i've done yeah i've seen missouri breaks but i've never seen that one. i like missouri breaks it's actually yeah. a really cool movie <laughs> going south is like famously like his first flop or something it's supposed to be pretty yeah. bad right after cuckoo's nest i love mary steen version but uh god that cover box is so stupid wasn't in um wasn't he in the sequel to uh the the 1996 follow up of the Jimmy Brooks movie from '83. He won Academy Award with. Uh, okay, yeah, Deborah. Evening Evening Star. Evening Star, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty bogus too. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Jack anyway. Nicholson overall career, nobody can complain, and he's probably got to be on our death watch list too. We should be keeping Don't track. Don't say that. Because, well, he's in his 80s. I have to be realistic, and I want to be tired anyway. I mean, he's not, we're, not, we're not getting any more work from him at this point. No, him and Gene Hackman. I've been waiting for Gene Hackman to pass away for a while. So oh, uh, every day I wake up and check the paper. He's <laughs> fucking dead yet. <laughs> well, uh, okay, another day on this earth with Gene. <laughs> fucking sidekicks. God, how do these movies get made? It just spoils my mind, man. I, I can't let it go. Anyways, uh. <laughs> So people, I mean, I bet there was millions of dollars invested in, and Bo yep. Bridges is in it. Yep. A serious actor, Bo Bridges, is in that movie. <laughs> Sidekicks, uh, semi-serious. <laughs> Signed contracts, sidekicks. Chuck Norris. <laughs> here, to, hey, uh, Chuck, the uh, contract for sidekicks is here. You ready? <laughs> what is oh, uh, great. What's, what's Chuck Norris's brother's name? Is it like Buck Norris? No, what's it's actually pretty boring. It's Aaron Norris. Boo! Not funny. Yeah. I know. I don't All think right, he has a pizzazz on. of Chuck. So, All right. Yeah. So, well, those are our quarantine viewing picks for this week. Our suggestions, our choices. Uh, we always welcome your. If you want us to watch a movie, we will watch it. Cinema9pod at ProtonMail.com. Cinema9pod on Instagram. One of us will watch it. <laughs> so I, well, one, one of us will. Yes. Yeah, someone <laughs> will watch it. I will. Not guaranteeing all three. Listener's Choice. Listener's Choice is coming up. Next week. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Next week. Next week's Listener's well, Choice. What's happening next, next week? week. Listeners choice? Choice. Yeah, between That's now and next week. Yeah, between now That's and what... next week, they can they can they can. Choose. Well, I thought you were saying like uh, just you know throw out a movie and we'll and like one of us will we'll just watch it. We're just gonna we're no. guaranteed to watch your movie. No, we're not guaranteeing that we'll watch any movie you tell us to watch. But if you <laughs> submit to listeners' choice, we'll put it in the rotation to possibly choose it. Uh, right. Same old thing. Yeah, Monday night nine o'clock. We'll go live. And there it is. It, right? Yep. Yay! Okay, yeah. so in the meantime, let's talk Christian Bale. We're going to do Harsh Times, Does It Hold Up? First, whatever our top three Christian Bale performances or movies of all time. He's got he's got a pretty good catalog now. I mean, he's in his 40s, I believe, so he's been around, and he was a child actor going all the way back to the 80s. So, Travis, why don't you lead us off? Um, well, I, I will start with saying that, um, like you, I try to watch, I figure I'd try and watch something that I'd never seen of his before. Yeah, he's 46. Um so I thought this Terrence Malick movie, Night of Cups, mm. which, uh, you know, Terrence Malick is, uh, a, a, he's done some beautiful, amazing work. I think Tree of Life and mm -hmm. Thin Red Line and Badlands are all just oh, masterpieces, God. you know. 
and I, I fucking hated this movie <gasps> so much. I turned wow. it off. I turned it off an hour and fifteen in. That's an investment. Like I really tried, but it was it was it was like it was a parody of of Malik movie. It, it was literally just it was just people standing around staring at things with voicey. Uh, with, oh Jesus! Like, just just over and over again. Just just extended shots of people standing like at water or like somewhere staring at something with a breathy voiceover. Um, and just for hours with no plot, it was just <laughs> unfucking watchable. So that did not make my list of, of, of Christian Bale movies, and it reminded me that there are some real shit movies the man has done. But um, if I had to pick my number three, I'm going to give it up to two uh, to three ten to Yuma. Um, that mm. movie is a, a fine western. I know a lot of people are Hostels fans, but for my money, I oh, like I love Hostels. I like his I like it the character work that he does in. Uh, in, in 310 to Yuma better. It's a lot more, it's, it's very subdued, especially against Russell Crowe. Um, it'd be, it'd be easy for Christian Bale to kind of, um, I don't know, flap around and try and get some more attention, but he's, he's very uh, steely and reserved throughout the movie and, and, and watching him come to a boil is a, is a real treat. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. That was well said. Uh, that's uh pre-chubby Russell Crowe, right on the brink of him becoming the chubby version of Russell Crowe. Yeah, which I like. Lately? He's like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade balloon. He's not, he's not though. Yeah, I like it. That's his new style. He's like, I'm millionaire many times over. I'm just going <laughs> to... Exactly. He's in full Denny mode. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what's your number three? I mean, I, I straight up did like the... Uh, this is my top three performances of Christian Bale. And I, I'm... I don't want to fuck anything up for the show, but my top, my my number three is Harsh Times. We're gonna get into hey! the movie a shitload, and I'm not saying one thing about the movie or another. I'm just saying for my number three, I think his best performance, his third best, is Harsh Times. Um, it's a classic example of what I think he does best. It's uh, this scary concentration that he has going on, and it's his commitment. And I think it's a intensely underrated performance that I'm looking forward to talk about. So I don't want to talk any more about it, but my number three is harsh times. Okay, good. Excellent. Uh, okay. So like I said, I watched a, a few of the bales that didn't make the cut. I watched a uh, swing kids, which was trash. Um, it's a very strange movie about people trying to make an honest, like uh, points about the Nazism and it's growing divides, which I get, but it, it didn't quite, I don't know. Christian Bale's like young Christian Bale. He's like not a kid, but he's kind of a teenager. He's not an adult. And he doesn't, his performance is nothing near all the things we got to see from him, like as he grew into an actor. So uh, that's how I feel about that. So for number three, for me, I'm going to go with American Psycho. That's my third choice. Um, it's a great performance. It's so oh, funny. God, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> he's, I don't know how I would like to see someone try to match that performance. I really don't know. It would take a very, very few, few amount of people to pull that off. So American Psycho, my number three choice. I mean, it's not as, not as best ever, but it's damn good. And that's saying a lot. So uh, yeah, Travis. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad someone said it. You know I mean? Like, exactly. it, it's gotta be said. It's, it's the, it's the movie to put him on people's radar, put him on my radar. I'd seen him for years. You know, I watched empire, the sun or whatever that, you know, like I, I'd watched his movies, but it didn't really place him until, you know, but that, yeah. Uh, Remembered him after that movie. Yeah, neither um, did I. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Swing Kids, I'd never seen Swing Kids. I was 13. And it just I remember <laughs> the name, but I never watched it. Newsies, still never seen it. Don't think I will. <laughs> I didn't fire up Newsies. I had it, and I didn't get a chance to watch it. So Newsies, maybe that would have yeah. been my top oh, yeah. three. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, my number two, I'm going to give it up to uh, his performance as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah. I, don't, I, I'm not, I, I don't have a lot to say that you haven't heard, listener, a million times before. I'll just say that I, I really enjoy the fact that you get the sense that Batman is his, more of his true identity and Bruce Wayne is more of the facade. And I think that there he it does is. a great job portraying that. I mean, people that complain about the, the voice that he has as Batman, like... It's like, did you pay attention to the fact that he's intentionally trying to scare people? Why are you, why is this <laughs> hung up on? Like he, the whole point of the character is he's trying to terrify people. So what, he's not going to be like, hey, how you doing? I'm the Batman. Um, no, you know, so, so. Like Bane? Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Batman. I'm the Batman. Hey. I like that. That's fun. Uh, God, you know what just popped into my head, too? And I'm so... I get, we set the table this, but I finally saw Being John Malkovich too. That was one of the things I watched, and I You've never seen it. I'd never fucking seen it. Yeah, and oh I my finally, god! I can't I'm sure I we'll talk about it in depth. Yes, I wanted to talk about it. Oh well, another time. Okay, uh, go ahead, Eric. Number two. Well, I gotta say, my number two is American Psycho. Uh, it's the first time I really remember recognizing this person as a serious heavy hitter. Um, and for me, I, I, I'm super impressed by th- this. Is where we start to get. Um, into his like serious commitment as an actor i mean the dude is shredded uh but he's he's so committed to this character and like this patrick bateman's uh obsession with consumerism and the the excess and the sociopathic nature like I, i i am convinced that i have known like sociopaths in my lifetime and when from what i've read about these people he he nails it there's nothing behind his eyes like at all it's mm-hmm. all just this this like mixtape playing on inside of his his brain that he spews out and uh he he just destroys it he's so fucking good i guess he uh i want to talk a lot i almost picked it last week but i want to talk about it a lot more but i guess he based a lot of his performance on tom cruise who i fucking love but uh, when you watch Tom Cruise in interviews, he's kind of the same way. He's so like energetic and he's so affable, but there's nothing really behind the eyes. It's just like an act. And he just does such a fucking awesome job in the role. It's it's unforgettable. So good. Unforgettable. Oh, yeah. Remember the Nat King Cole, uh, Natalie Cole video? So good. That's right. 1991. That was like groundbreaking. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Ray Liotta movie? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, not groundbreaking. No, no, no. Although I love Linda Fiorentino. Where has she been? Oh, God. No, we don't love her. She's a pain. I do. We absolutely do. Love her. Jade. Fire up that Jade. Boy. Wait, that Linda boy. Fiorentino or, or Mora Tierney in their prime? At Linda Fiorentino. Mora Tierney. Mora it's a tough call, right? No, it's not at all. Jamie oh, that boy. Right. It's Mora Tierney. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Where, where, uh, what's happening? My, my number two. Um, This gets tough. This gets really tough. But because, man. Jade. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the fighter, him as Dickie Eklund in David O. Russell's The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he did win an Academy Award for this. Uh, I don't care about that, but uh, he does such a great job of being Dick Eklund, man. He gets all skinny, he's strung out, and he's a drug addict, and he's a fighter living in a fake past, and he's just terrorizing everyone else's life, even though he thinks he has the best intentions constantly. It's a really 
endearing character that you end up liking. I end up liking it yeah. so much, even though he's an idiot and for a while, for a great part of the movie. And I, I just, you know, this is my list. So I'm going with Dick Eklund in The Fighter. Number two for me. That's my runner up. But right. now it's time for Travis to reveal his number one favorite Christian Bale performance of all time. The, the movie that made me like sit up and be like, okay, this guy's a step above. This guy's like, uh, you know, this is a Heath Ledger. This is an Al Pacino kind of level. This is like someone that's, uh, you know, one of the better, better actors of his generation uh, is The Prestige. I really, oh. love, I really love this mm. movie. And uh, I'm going to give a spoiler. So if, so if you've never seen The Prestige, skip this real fast. But so good. Um, the fact that he, like the nuance between the two characters that he's playing, that like you have to go back and watch it. And you can see it, especially in the interactions with, uh, was it Rebecca Hall? I think that's in that. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, when, when he's when he's doing that, but like the 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 subtlety of 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 the performance, in uh, it's kind of like what uh, what's her name Tatiana Maslov does uh, in Orphan Black when you have like those moments where she's a clone playing another clone, and like, and so to have like someone playing like it's it's like there's so many like there's layers of this performance, and 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 you see it, and it's and it's not overwrought, and it's really really good. Mm. Great call, man. No argument here. That's an excellent choice. I Sometimes I really devalue that movie. I need to go back and think about it. Awesome. I'm sorry. All right, Eric, number one. I'm hoping that you're going to say something so it'll make this a balanced list. So hopefully you're <laughs> going to say the right thing. Well, not really. I mean, <laughs> look, looking back at the Dark Knight trilogy, uh oh, it, 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 the thing that the whole always stands out for me, not particularly Christian Bale himself as, as Bruce Wayne, although I think he does a serviceable job, especially yeah. as bringing Bruce Wayne to the forefront, which none of the actors ever do. It's just about the man in the serviceable. Mask. That's glowing yeah. praise. <laughs> well, I mean, for so, me, it, for me, it's just serviceable. Yeah, uh, it's solid, rock solid. So we're talking your number about one is not Batman. No, it's the fighter. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's the fighter for sure. I mean, wow, I the, the vanity is tossed aside. His total immersion of the performance is completely there. We're talking about an actor who has had no formal training, who spent his entire life. I sent you that video. We got a twelve-year-old kid talking about he has no interest in fame. It's just about putting out good work. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely the fighter. Uh, so good, Un unforgettable, and just fails one of my favorites. I mean. He does what he wants. I mean, he has he makes no apologies for it. He 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 said himself many times that he he makes movies that he himself would want to see. So you don't got any romantic comedies, which be interesting to see him in. But he you know he's just his own he's a, his own man, and uh, I, I love him. There's mystique there. There's commitment to the character, respect for the audience. Love it. Wow, wow. Okay, I'm surprised. I I thought that somebody would throw the machinist in one of our lists and yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna make any of the top three here because uh, I I chose harsh times and that's my number one role of his. I, he guy he, he he speaks Spanish fluently well with the like a he's a white boy, but he becomes a guy who's bilingual because he's been living the life for a while and he really it was the it was right the same year that the Batman begins came out. So I'm like, oh, shit. And I hadn't seen The Machinist yet, which I did finally watch. And this was a tough. I couldn't just throw it in my list because I'd finally seen it. I had to go with my own personal opinion. So so having said that, I chose Harsh Times. Let's move into it. Let's dive into Harsh Times 2005 David Ayer film. Oh, Does boy. it hold up? He's right, dude. Yeah. George Rebell me squared away. 
hope so. Was that shit Lamar to do? I don't know why that happened. I'm cool. I'm cool now. Okay. Dude, she told me she was pregnant. I had a panic attack, you know? I pulled my gun. Come on, dog. I thought you loved her, dude. I do. Come on, man. Let's go drop off that butt. What butt? The 20 kilos in the trunk. Say that again? The 20 kilos in the trunk, man. <laughs> of weed? Yeah. Fuck out of here. I picked it up at the party. Dropping it at a Casper's. Casper? <laughs> I get three G's. We get three G's. You drove it across the border? <laughs> yeah. What if they would have caught us, man? Couldn't happen, man. My shit is on fire right now. My shit is wired right now, man. You risk my ass without telling me? <laughs> That's not cool, man, for three fucking G's. Three G's, man, that's, that's a good rate for transport, man. Shit, if I'd have told you, you would have gotten all fucking hinky at the border, man. God, is mad. I wouldn't have been in the fucking car, dude. I would have been a motherfucking Greyhound. That's a serious breach of the homie code, man. Yeah. Not fucking telling yeah. me. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, you know, I should have, I should have got you guys, you know, walk across the border. I could have met you somewhere. But, you know, I got bills. I got shit. I got to put my shit in storage. I got to get gas out to Georgia. Oh, fuck your money, Wolves, dog. I am not catching a fucking case for you. Let me out of the fucking car right now. Oh, fuck, man. Come on, man. Let's drop this shit off. Let's get paid. Let me out huh? right here. Mike, 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 listen, no, 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 listen. No, no, fuck this shit. Let me so out right here right now, You will feel so much better with a fistful of 20s? Huh? Dude. We're drunk, and we got a trunk full of fucking weed, dude. I am not... Hey, fucking Mike, don't bitch out on me. Dog, we don't are fucking, fucking drunk. We got a drunk motherfucking weed. I am still on probation, dickhead. Let me out right now. Let me out right here right fucking out, dude. Let me get paid, man. Will you fucking let me oh, get paid? Yo, go get paid, man. Fucking go for it, all right? Just let me the fuck out. I don't give a fuck, dude. Hmm? What the fuck, dude? What the fuck are you doing, man? Ah! What the fuck are you doing, Jim? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, go, go, go. Shit. Fuck, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. What the fuck you put it on my neck, huh? Hmm? Huh? You gonna shoot? No, man. I'm sorry. I was tripping. I never. I never, ever put a fucking gun to your head, dude. I know. You were, man, I'm sorry. First your lady, now me, man. What the fuck is up? No, I think it. I got too much shit going on. No, fuck, I'm just faded, man. That's all. I'm just fucking faded right now. Okay? I'll, I'll cruise you by your pad. I'll drop you off, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're a fuck up. Well, what you see, don't fuck this shit up, too. 
go to Casper's. Get the money. Yeah. You can drop me off home. You can go to Georgia and fit out and be the fucking man. Yeah, I'll be the fucking man. But I can drop you off, you know? You take up the hill? No, 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 and we are uncensored on the Cinema 9 podcast. Gentlemen, it's 2020. We're still alive. Thank fictitious Lord. Travis Roy, Harsh Times. Familiarity with, with this film. Uh, do you have any recall when it came out? Or are you like, oh, I didn't get a chance to see it? Or you sat down, watched it the day it came out, and you've loved it every day since? So this was one that um, I... I saw it because I, you know, training day left an impression enough on me that like, like it did a lot of people. I mean, I don't think that David Ayer would have directed his first movie had, uh, which was of course harsh times had not training day done so well. So I watched it um, for that reason. I don't think I was quite a Christian Bale fan yet. I mean, I, you know, I, I liked him, but I wasn't like the fan that I would become, I think. Um, but honestly, I, I saw it when it was new. I, I believe I saw it at home. I don't think I saw it in theaters and I, haven't seen it until the other night and i really only remembered one scene so uh <laughs> it was kind of like going in uh anew a little bit so oh wow very fresh okay a fresh experience you know there's nothing like a fresh experience with film especially if it's almost new because then it's like oh wow i barely even know this movie and it gives you a chance to see it with fresh eyes yeah it was it was like seeing it for the first time basically since i'd only seen it the once so hmm interesting uh, I know that E. Albert Bansom has seen this film. Uh, did, did you see it in the theater when it came out, or did you see it on DVD, like, after the fact, 2006, 2007, 2012, uh, the year the Earth was going to end? Or do you remember? Or were you taking a nap, and you kind of woke up out of a stupor, and you're like, oh, hey, Harsh Times is on, and you just started watching it? But you remember that you won't be muted, because if you talk in the world when you're muted, people won't hear you. It's just a reminder. That's a great point. That's a great way to live your life. It is. Don't meet yourself. Uh, don't meet yourself. Speak out. Yeah. Don't conform. <laughs> like you, Travis. Like I, I wasn't so blown away by like I, I wasn't in the whole Christian Bale thing where I was like I have to see this in theaters. I, I rented it, and it, it. I didn't know the director. Like I wasn't that familiar with uh, the story. There was no word of mouth. Like period. But I just caught it. I I, I watched it. Don't really remember anything about it since i remember really enjoying it but i haven't heard any talk and i was really surprised when i started poking around online uh the the treatment is it's it what got in 2005 and the lack of talk that it's getting here in 2020 so i'm excited about this conversation yeah harsh times is a movie i did not flew way over me came out i had no idea and in fact i was intrigued by it and finally saw it because when the dark knight came out 2008 I'm like, oh man, I'm so in a Christian yeah. Bale. And there was Dark Knight Fever. You know, I saw it like three times <laughs> in theater. And I'm like, and I started looking at his IMDb back then in 2008. And I'm like, oh, Harsh Times. What's this? And oh, David Ayer, Training Day. Oh, I like yeah. that movie. Okay. So, so I had, <laughs> this is funny. I used to have Blockbuster Online <laughs> where oh, I could send to you three DVDs <laughs> at a time. Yeah. And uh, oh. they would come to my apartment. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's how I got harsh times. It came the internet. The and, yeah, the internet, man. It's crazy. The uh, blockbuster online, which was yep. eventually lose the battle with Netflix, unfortunately. 
And uh, I wish there were still blockbusters around the corner today that we could work at and go hang out at. Boy, so we could get COVID. It would be so awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you this. So uh, that's when I saw it. And I was like, whoa, this movie's amazing. And it just like blew me away. And his performance was incredible. So that's what happened. That's how I found it. That's how I discovered it. But as far as how it was viewed, it's, um, you know, did anybody look it up? IB, IMDB rating? Anybody? I didn't look no. it up. No, no. Take a gander. Take a guess. We love our guesses. 5.8. 5.8. I actually think this might be a 7.1. Eh, too high, but closer. The answer is 6.9. 6.9. Although the 5.8 is more realistic when you head over to RottenTomatoes.com, the authority on movie analysis. 48% from the critics. 48% from the critics. Uh, wow. Splat. This is the lowest... I think this is the lowest rated. I didn't. I don't remember the Dick Tracy rating. Um, uh, this is forty-eight percent. Forty-eight percent by critics, and then fifty-five a dumped-over bucket of popcorn from the audience. So <laughs> not, not much. Not much of a difference here, guys. Uh, any quick explanations for this? I'm speechless. Oh. I, yeah, I, I, I know you guys I are absolutely stunned. think critics and audiences o- overlook this. I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to say too much as usual, well, but you I've never do. Yeah, I've got a theory, guys. I, I want you to okay, okay, please. Me. It could be the fact that this movie fucking sucks. I did not <laughs> just hear that. I did not is. just hear that. There it is. Okay, all right. Well, let's go uh, back to 2005. Uh, Todd McCarthy of Variety. You guys heard of Variety? Oh man. The well-respected rag. Yes, we've heard of it. When your model is clearly taxi driver, a lack of directorial flair is especially conspicuous. Oh my god. Hmm. I don't know what that means exactly. Like, yeah, you're trying to be taxi driver, but the director sucks. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, that's what you're saying. Okay, he's, put, good. he's projecting you. himself onto it, trying to think what. It, it, yeah, keep going. No, he's talking, <laughs> he, he's talking about a movie that's the antagonist as protagonist. I mean, it's definitely comparable. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, Destin Thompson! Here we go. This is back in the day. Come on. This is is right in 2006. Destin says, The film amounts to a harsh and perpetual assault on viewers' sensibilities. (laughs) Not only because of its violence, but because of its overall bleakness. Is that a negative review? Or is that like in between? It's calling it bleak. I mean, that's take that how you take it, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Well, I wouldn't say uh, he's wrong, whether you like it or not. I mean, is it a hopeful movie? <laughs> uh, let's see if we can find a good review. Somebody who liked this film. Uh, there's a lot of splats overall, as the rating says. Um, it's not easy to come by. I will say this. James Berardinelli Ber- <laughs> says few individuals who go off to war and experience its devastation and chaos return as the same person. This factor lies at the heart of what Harsh Times illustrates. So, that's it. Talking. <laughs> the, we, have no, we have no idea what he's like before he goes to war. We have no idea what the man's like. I don't know if it's that's that important. It. What's important is how he comes back. Well, okay, I mean, all right. <laughs> I'm just Wait, saying, okay. like, we, we can't say that, that it changed him because we don't know what he was like before. Okay, that's a good point. Last one from Lisa Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly. Bale is mesmerizing. And Rodriguez Ooh. keeps up with him as the whole unsafe contraption zooms. Okay. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, so, 
So we never learn anything about his past other than when it's mentioned by certain characters. Like, dude, you used to be a chill dude. Like the guy, yeah. uh, what's the guy's name? The guy they pick up to go to Mexico with? The, oh, yeah. The, the third the character? Or Sal, oh. something like that. Dude with the hair. Oh, no, uh, Toussaint. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah, Toussaint. So Toussaint says when they come back after Mexico and things get a little dicey for Jim, that used to be a chill dude, man. He used to be calm, you know? And so that's the only kind of illusion we get to a pre- army gym and it's the only time it's actually mentioned in the film as far as i can recall that the military he's like the military fucked you up dude you need psychiatric help and that's the only time that's mentioned because all you get from eva longoria is like you're a fuck you're a fuck you know we don't get any like background on why she thinks he's such a fuck other than that he's a danger well yeah i mean she, she thinks he's a fuck because i mean he's the kind of guy that will say hey you look good i said you look good to a, to a woman <laughs> and he's the kind of guy that will take what he's the kind of guy that will get furious and blame the fact that he's white when he's when he's not offered a job somewhere and then take his buddy's resumes and throw them out the window um that's true so so she knows what kind of friend he is to her husband or to her boyfriend whatever the fuck he is uh right and but I, to the I, point it doesn't matter doesn't matter well, you said if we know about him prior or not to this film being I mean, the earliest thing we know about him is that he's the kind of guy who will shoot someone in the face when they're when they're surrendering. So that's like right at the beginning of the movie. And laugh, <laughs> like yeah. have a smoke. <laughs> yeah. So because he likes true. to kill, and that's one of the main themes of the movie is that um, you could have peace, you could have joy, you could have all of this. And no, I prefer to kill people. So, but we don't. But like you said, that with Eric's point and your point, there was does it matter what we know about this guy prior? to his existence in what we see in the film mattering to our um not enjoyment because it's not an enjoyable film but in terms of it being like an intriguing and eye-opening or a fascinating film to watch i think that when like you know there's when he has like these moments where that like where the screen gets all like sepia toned and shaky and yeah. stuff the fallen and, cam ptsd yeah. cam. <laughs> the fallen really cam. The the cam yeah the ptsd dumb. cam dumb. like let, letting you know that he's in ptsd mode dumb. like is that cheesy uh, it is it's, so it's, stupid. Yeah, it's cheesy. Uh, I don't think. I think that like, I mean, I respect the movie for trying to deal with PTSD and uh, in, in veterans in 2005, before we'd really found a lot of the language for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that PTSD is a major issue. I think that this movie doesn't do a great job in dealing with it because it doesn't really. I, like, like you've already hit the nail on the head, Mike. Like, I don't think it really does it great job at identifying that this is the problem i mean because it's not just the ptsd it's also the drug abuse and his choices and and like like so like we don't like yeah the ptsd the the war obviously has changed him but like there's other people that they come in contact with who haven't like you know like like the cops that pull him over and like who, who know him like oh fuck hey um or or isn't freddie rodriguez's character himself how does he know he's just i guess he's, he didn't know he didn't go i don't know how he knows him. no we know he went to college and like or yeah, like he, he cocaine user once i don't know and he never a lot of info him. on any yeah. of the background yeah so 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 we kind of the details are a little sketchy but um i mostly get the sense that that jim is an asshole mm -hmm. <laughs> well he is an asshole now oh, wow. sure. yeah. yeah i don't mean it's, it's it's a big uh revelation there but uh like would he be he's an selfish. asshole be, you know yeah he's a pretty that, i mean that that was the big thing for me especially i watched it twice and the first time i watched it Ugh, how? that's one of the first things i i wrote down is like i paused it after like 10 minutes and i'm like okay this is gonna be a character study about an asshole so a how much do i give a fuck about this guy and, and b am i gonna 
not like it just because the character is a, a dickhead. So yeah, that was a tough one because it's a it's a tricky character. Well, in fairness, Freddie Rodriguez's character Mike is also an asshole. This movie yeah. should have been called Losers. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry Terry, Terry Crews character calls him out like, dude, that's some cold shit. You know, doing your woman like that's that. Awesome. He's like Terry Crews says it specifically in that scene when they go over to his house. He's like, y'all some devious motherfucker. <laughs> can I? Yeah, can, right. I can I? All right, I want to I want to get into something real quick I, oh, because man. what we're talking about Terry Crews is uh, him being introduced in the yeah. movie. Like I knew because again, like I'd seen the movie, but I, I, it'd been a while since I've seen it, so it was like I was watching it for for the first time. So as they walked up to Daryl's house, which is the name of the character that Terry Crews plays, I knew that Daryl was black. You know how I knew he was black because of the music they were playing. It was distinctly black when they're when they are in uh, wherever in wherever he's stationed, Afghanistan, where the movie starts. It starts it starts it starts at the beginning of fucking Naked Gun, where it's like, <laughs> like stereotypical fucking like like and the, and, the, and then like as soon as it the, he starts shooting people oh. in the head, like this rock and rap American shit comes in, like hey, we shoot people in the fucking head, oh. and then it cuts, and then he wakes up and it cuts in, and he's hanging out with his Latina girlfriend, and it's immediately like this like salsa music. Like, like very oh. fucking Latinx music. Like every time there's a character introduced, like, hey, here's your racially stereotype music to introduce you. Yeah, there's no, there's that. no like Nailed score it. in this movie that I really could uh, even. No, there is no score. They just throw Damn. the musical effort. It looks like there was a low budget effort first off. Okay, so there wasn't. I think Christian Bale put up a lot low of the money budget. on this film. Yeah, yeah. David Ayer mortgage is fucking not, house. I'm not excusing it, but I'm just giving some background on that because you're right. It's <laughs> oh, a good right. point. It's like great point. It's like, uh, well, we got nothing else, so let's just be stereotypical. And David Ayer may have been alluding to some of his Suicide Squad tendencies down the road in this film. You're actually starting to enlighten me because Suicide Squad is fucking terrible. And yeah. David Ayer is a director. Maybe uh, he does End of Watch, though, and I like End of Watch. Love I, End of Watch. I, li I like Fury a, I a great way. I, I, I like I Fury a lot, great. too. You're right. I, so he's not like a terrible director overall, but he was. this was his first official directorial effort, right? Yes, this is his first directorial effort, and he 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 claims that the the studio fucked up Suicide Squad. Supposedly, there's a better version. Oh yeah, we've heard that shit. But this yeah. is his first go around. He was a writer, right? Now right. he's this got is, the opportunity to direct. Right. This is his directorial debut. He but wrote he also, it in '96. Um, uh, he, he the dude's ex-military. He's working as an electrician, and he rubs elbows with Wesley Strick, who's a great screenwriter who wrote The Fugitive and Wolf. And he comes from uh, a Latino background, right? Or is yeah, he a yeah, white? Absolutely. Or is he supposed to be like? Because Jim yeah. is supposed to be based on a character that he kind of knew and amalgamated. Ayer, yeah, Ayer's a white dude. Ayer's a white dude, but yeah, he he grew up. But he's like so around the gang life, right? That's like, what I'm saying. Like they're part of him in Jim, right? Not completely because he's right. not the madman that he knew. This is some other guy. It's he kind of semi autobiographical yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I, but Ayer Ayer knows his shit. I mean, the the credibility of the characters are there. The slang is there. The relationships. The, the big scary guys that aren't much stash twirling monsters. They're just human beings. That's there. So I can say a lot about the the atmosphere of the film uh, as a positive. Okay, let's hear it. Well, yeah, I, I mean, there's two guys that, that could make L.A. crime movies like 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 the big heavy hitters. There's Michael Mann, who does like white collar crime. Yeah. And there's David Ayer, yeah. who does kind of like no collar crime or like white A shirt crime. And I, I love when Ayer, Ayer does this sort of stuff. I mean, his characters feel real. They shoot this in like super 16 millimeter, which I've shot with. It's not easy to shoot with. And it looks like grungy and it looks all like like 
dirty and gorilla style. I love the way he shot it for a first time filmmaker. Yeah, I I think he does a fucking incredible job for a freshman effort. There's some great shots, you know, like especially I love that house on the hill with the car, like getting that view a few times. It, it looks pretty. It looks lovely. Uh, also, the action scenery when they first roll over to that girl's house that he used to have sex with and the cars come up in the background and the way that Karkum is flying up the way it's choreographed and organized and shot. I thought Travis's face is like, wow, I so agree. I'm so with that. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're. Is credit deserved in the technical aspects of it? I I do agree, but not with the every technical aspect because the music is trash. I hadn't even thought about it to be I honest. I didn't think about right. it either. You nailed it, Travis. That's a great point. This um, is the new part of my brain ruined forever now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm here to shit all over this movie for you and the listeners. Good, oh, good. Fuck. Yeah. No, we need that point of view. Okay, I don't want to live in a alternate reality. I do agree that there is some uh, some confidence in his direction for a first time director. I think that I think that there is some some really good shots here like it's it's overall like a competently done movie for the most part i think there mm -hmm. are some abrupt and i think the ending is really abrupt there's some abrupt yeah <laughs> some like especially the very like the very tail end when it, like when they're hugging like which by the way fucking run you you took too long to pack what are you what are you still doing there <laughs> Yeah, and she comes out with a flower pot. So cheesy to drop a flower pot that breaks. A uh, single flower. Like, what is that? Come a on. Single that flower pot. That was bad. That was, he yeah. gets caught up in really <clears throat> right. He gets caught up in cliches and stereotypes and cheesiness too easily at times. And that's where he fails. If he would just stay true to himself a little bit more, he might be a really outstanding director. And I also wonder if he spent a lot of time around women in his life. Like, can he write them? Because I mean, um, in the movies that I've seen of his, like mostly like they're 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 pretty absent and like like the two there's two female characters in this movie there's Eva Langoria's character who's the most developed female character in the movie and 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 likable except for that she's forced to be pissed off through the whole thing and you just kind of yeah, feel bad for severely her severely underwritten and I, and I want she her shows, to escape like I want her to get emotion. the fuck away she, she shows like she, caring and empathy she's like Mike you help me and like yeah 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 she said yeah. I said she was the most developed female character in the movie but you said she's uh, pissed a lot she's not always but pissed. she is pissed for most of the movie only when they're she's deceived into thinking that that Mike's actually making progress, does she does she lighten up? Um, but but it's not like she's like wanting it for her. She's wanting it for him, and she wants him to not be a liar. And she wants it to. This is what I knew the movie was going to go south. And he's like, oh, I sold some of her CDs so I could uh, buy a couple forties and a pack of GPCs. A pack of GPCs, you asshole! Yeah. You goddess, and you're going to yeah. steal her stuff so you can buy. 40s and GPCs, you're a fucking yeah. GPCs, yeah. baby. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the whole Jim has whole... nothing. Jim Jim cannot be blamed for that level of loserdom. <laughs> Losers, the movie. I mean, the <laughs> Freddie Rodriguez character. I like Freddie Rodriguez, but his character. I mean, that's my big negative for me. I mean, when you look at, at subsequent efforts by Ayers, the 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 supporting characters always have an integral part, a story to tell their own story. Freddie Rodriguez, what's his name, Mike? He's just this yes. fucking pushover. He's not as dim as he needs to be to just be like the, the the guy that's going along with it. He seems pretty smart, and yet he makes these fucking dumb decisions. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, it, I think of a movie like Nightcrawler. You've got a sociopath who teams up with Riz Ahmed, who's clearly dim, along for the ride. And you know, not really that control of of what's happening to him because he is is motivated by the central character, and these horrible things happen to him. And this, Freddie Rodriguez is just this dumbass pushover, treats women like shit, deserves what he gets, just wants to like 
you know, fuck around. I mean, there's no character there. So that was a, it, it ate up a lot of screen time for me. It's funny to me that mm. we got two Freddy Rodriguez movies in a row uh, and both of them with the same main message, I think, or, or one of the main messages, which is be careful who you hang out with. Be careful who you let influence you. Um, you know, that can have a profound and negative impact in your life or a positive one as it has with ours, you know, like we're, we're doing okay. We're not, we're going to, we're, you know, I'm not going to have to shoot you because you fucked up. I fucked up. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but people who love this movie like that character because it's like, Hey, that's your bro. That's your homeboy. You stick with him till the end. So. What's up, Casper? What up, Jim? Scratching him. Is that you, Mike? Yo, Casper, what up, dog? Man, homie, how you been? Still with Sylvia? Hope so. Gonna find out tonight. What's up with your brother, dog? Fernie got blasted by the hooters a while back, yes, sir. Damn. Sorry to hear that, dog. Play you pay, you knew what time it was. All right. Hey, we got a bounce. You got the money? Yeah, just gonna check the shit, okay? Yo, bring my pay homie. How's your old lady? Yeah, bitch finally graduated. Oh, dog. fuck it. Yeah, now she can support <laughs> my ass, huh? I got all the Fetty right here, dog. It's all rolled up and shit, you know what I mean? All right. Ready to go, dog. Check this out, homie. Oh, hell no. Nah. Hold on, dog. Don't trip. I know these fools are with me, yes, sir? These are the fools that jacked me, man. Fuck these motherfuckers. I'm shooting both of them. At least give the homeboy a pass right here, dog. Yeah, yeah, let him bounce. I don't give a fuck. I want this white boy in a box, though. Hey, you on the ride. I ever see you again, S.A., you best be getting your last supper, because you're a dead man. Hey, just get the fuck out of your mic. Take off, homie. I'll be cool. Uh, so you said there's two females. There's, there's him and Marta. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. And she, she, the Marta character is... She's, uh, you know, just, I mean, like, she's barely there. She, and she's just like this uh, I mean, angelic I creature. She's, I mean, like, she's, she, she's, she's flawless. She's very tough. She's very principled. And like, she's, you know, she makes him sleep outside and she sticks to that. And she seems like a very principled woman for someone who could be like, I don't care. Look where I have nothing to live for. I can do whatever I want. But she's not like that. So I think we should give her a little more credit. But I understand what you're saying. I just didn't, I didn't feel like, I, mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just didn't feel like there's a ton of development there. And she was not a particularly no character to me. Not a lot. Not a lot. Oh, believable. Interesting. Well, there's no development. I would agree with that. But she does set. She's set in her ways and she's being patient. She's not letting Jim rule the roost. Like we start the movie with him, like waking up in the fucking car. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, she makes him brush his teeth before she, uh, he can kiss her and shit like that. So I don't know. They're little things. That doesn't mean that she's yeah, like this yeah. developed character That's overall. But I, mean... but I will say this. So uh, the Mexican scenes are are interesting. I really like that. I because it takes me to this world I don't know a lot about it. It doesn't like include um you know so many of like films about being in Mexico or always end up being about like cartels and like the cartel having yeah. an influence in some area, you know. Even if and they didn't do that necessarily. Sure, he grabbed a $3,000 worth of weed on the way back, but that's just like thrown in there after the yeah. fact. It's it's like them in this place in Mexico just living a life. They actually but they they built that shack that they live in. Uh, it that's really in Mexico, from what I gather. But they built that shack out there, and um, I don't, I I thought some of that to be some more authentic than some uh, poorly done efforts. But that still doesn't excuse some of the laziness in other areas. So exactly. Um. So the biggest 
thing that I had with the uh, Mexico scene of uh, scenes was like the one scene I, I mentioned, only one scene stood out to me. And it, and it was like, I'm like, when I think of the movie, I'm like, I know there's like this one scene that takes place in a car and it's like really bad. And that's like all I can remember. And then I'm watching the movie and I'm like, mm. this is just, it's really hard to watch. I mean, it's one thing to, uh, it's one thing. I mean, it's just, it's again, he's the bad guy. He's our, he's our hero, but he's the bad guy. And to, to watch him like stick a gun in her mouth and like, uh, you know, to, to watch the, the hopeful look on her face when she's going to tell him that she's pregnant with his child and stuff like that's, it's like, that's, uh, you know, and it, that's already after he, like the movie really drives, like I already kind of referenced this, but the movie drives home the point where Toussaint or whatever his name is like, is like, Hey, like you could have this perfect life. He's like, no, but then I can't kill people. And I like to kill people. So, um, <laughs> just, just like, okay, there's just zero redemption here. This is just a crash and burn story. Um, yeah, and and we're not, and and then Freddie Rodriguez's character is not developed enough to really, uh, you know, all we get a sense of is that he's like, you know, he like he's he's uh kind of drawn to Jim because like Jim is dangerous and uh and he wants to know what it's like to kill someone, then he finally does learn. Or like I'm like okay, I get to I get to hug my girlfriend and keep her and, and <laughs> fade fade to credits. Um. Okay. Well. I guess uh, I want to give the cast a huge shot, though, because the cast is fantastic uh, from top to bottom, really. J.K. Simmons coming in as Agent Richards. Mm-hmm. And and I'm actually more curious. Maybe this would be a better movie if we could get into that purview of this hardcore agent. Okay, you got J.K. Simmons and the hardcore guy that they sit down with in that dark office. There's got to be one lamp lit. I mean, come on. It's like the middle of the day and it's got to be dark in that room. That's so cheesy as well, just for the record, when they bring Jim up to the upper floor and then they got that like grease bag asshole on the couch behind him who's clearly out of shape and he's it's meant to like imply that only out of shape fat guys run secret ops, which is total bullshit. I don't know why... Again, this is yep. more of the cliches. You're right. He falls into this stuff. It's, yep. And he's like, no, Jim, that's what I have for you. Take it. He's like such a dick, but he's he could kick his ass 10 times over. I don't know. Point being is um, the cast is great in all aspects. And every time I run into a character, I'm like, oh, wow, that character is. I like the way it was presented and the people they chose for each role worked out quite well. Even if you don't agree with how well some roles were developed, I thought everybody put their best into each area of the casting. Yeah, the acting for me isn't a problem. And I mean, I, I, I'm I going to say it right now. I, I like this movie. I mean, I can watch a movie like Goodfellas where everybody's fucking despicable, a bunch of fucking yes. asshole murderers That's and love point. it. love the entire film. So That's true. That's it doesn't really matter if, if they're likable. It's whether I'm, I'm engaged and I'm interested in watching what's happening. And from scene to scene to scene, I, I you know, I, I'm with them. I mean, it's for me. It's 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 kind of one interesting scene after the other. The fight when they go to Flaco's house and like he's got to deal with all these fucking guys. Um, you know, it's a little weird that he doesn't have PTSD when he's actually in a when he's actually in a situation where he's 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 under the threat of death, but instead he like uh you know turns into a Batman. But they're cool scenes for me. The problem is that, that there's so many missed opportunities. You talk about Freddie Rodriguez, I mean, if they thought maybe let's have jim be actually you know maybe sleeping with his girlfriend but he doesn't know about it there could be some tension there what's going to happen or maybe mike is undercover and he's got to like 
record his best friend, even though they both think they're getting jobs at blah, blah, blah. Something other than just these dipshits hanging around. So there's some script issues. That's that's, that's why point. I, yeah, that's why I kind of, um, like, cause I agree that I can watch movies where the, the, the characters are scumbags, but usually there's like, not just tension uh, in the way that you're describing, but there's like a t- tension in morality. Like Tony Soprano, for instance, like you watch him struggle to like, uh, to, to like be the hero in his own story and see himself as the good guy and like sometimes do things that are genuinely good, but at the same time, he's a selfish fuck. And yeah. you don't really get that with Jim. You just get like the, you just get the sense of like, I'm just like, like this, like I'm just uh, like America at its worst. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, I'm just smoking weed out of a fucking tin can and um you know yeah. I, just just like uh he there's just not like just not even interested in any sort of redemption or just wants to fuck things up wants to listen to rap rock you know <laughs> oh okay well we, we don't know Whoa, that. hold on now well, right. that, that's his theme music when he kills people so that's uh, he gets hey, rap rock. Theme music hey it's, i'll tell you this this is a great thought that you brought up though eric about because the anti-hero has exploded in our in the last 20 years, antiheroes are huge. Obviously, with Tony Soprano started it all in a sense, and everyone saw how successful that was. So, you know, Breaking Bad and yada, 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 all these antiheroes rise up. So it's not about being a bad dude because we like people who are doing bad things. And we watch these shows and these movies about them. So that is what I want to know, Travis. What is the difference then for you? Because if these guys are doing, if you like Goodfellas or if you like watching The Sopranos, what is it that's done different that endears you to the characters? Or is it just a matter of like a, an empathy you feel for them in some way that you doesn't come across in this film? Well, not to get like too snooty, but I mean, I, I mean like anti-heroes is like, that's as old as Gilgamesh or Odysseus or like any other like story. Like, you know, like we, I think we've always liked anti-heroes. Uh, but, but I think I kind of already made that point. Like I, 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 I if, if, if I don't sense like that, there's a, a uh, a searching a, a a progression of morality like an attempt to try and do good like uh like watching okay like watching dead presidents last week watching uh a, a lorenz tate's character like struggle with trying to do the right thing and find out what the right thing is and balance that with what he thinks is fair for him and his life like there's a tension that takes place in that in that antagonist I mean, he's a protagonist but like in that villain which is what he becomes um, with with Christian Bale's character with Jim, it's just like he's just this fuck nut who who um, like I'm not saying I have no sympathy for the character and like and like what what war does to people, but I mean I've I've known a few people that have gone to war. There's other people in the movie that went to war that like don't come out all murdery and the need to stick guns in the the faces of their best friend and and the woman that they love. Like it's um, he's just a bad guy and. Um, and yeah, sometimes I love watching bad guys do their thing, but um, I, I think I also like it if there's like maybe some sort of good guy somewhere to juxtapose them against. And there yeah. really isn't a counterbalance in uh, to his character in this movie. Yeah, that that could have been Mike, but they dropped the ball with that guy. How interesting. Guy tries to get a job so he can be on a level playing field with his lawyer or girlfriend. Like, that's the character. Who gives a fuck? I mean, take him and... And counteract it with this, especially with a with a uh, person who's coming from the war and gets recruited by the government to be the, this soldier. I mean, say something ab- about it. And there, here's an opportunity to have him play off of Jim and say, "This, you're wrong. Like, why are you doing this?" He doesn't question his friend. He's just along for the ride. 
I see this as a a kind of a class warfare film now. I do because I and this is how people stay divided and they don't get organized to understand how they're being fucked overall by a greater authority because they're <laughs> caught up in all these endless petty silly little arguments and beefs that happen like 10 times in this film whether it's quickly stealing a stash of weed or going to someone's house and then fucking with their girlfriend and then kicking the shit out of them because you're bitter and pissed you don't get to have sex i mean they're not legitimate beefs at all but it's just it just kind of shows i look at it from that angle and that's why i like this film because it shows the continued silliness that we all get caught up in i'm not above it no one's above it necessarily whether the arguments that are mental physical verbal however they come about i see this film in that context and that that's how i look at it i guess uh, and i i don't feel bad for the characters necessarily because some of them don't deserve to be felt bad for it i don't say i'm not saying that but that's kind of how i look at it yeah i mean i, I i'm glad that for once i'm glad that we disagree because i'm getting a lot of what you're saying travis and i think you're nailing a ton of it making me think a shitload but on the other hand i'm looking as at this as just you know fun entertainment like i would about like like gangster movies and stuff and there are fun scenes and there's great acting and there's there's you know cool shots and this and that but i almost think like david ayer wasn't mature enough as a screenwriter to get into those things about you know, the, the feds taking on people that they know are sociopaths or uh, how you can get into Homeland Security, but not the LAPD. I just don't think he was prepared to get into those conversations. So he just said, well, let's have a cool shootout. Then at the end, he dies and his bro has to be like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole ending scene or like the, the prior ending scene where Jim's fucked up. Yeah, you know. I fucked up. They blew the whole budget on those slow mo bullet shots going that too looks far. Fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that looks great. That looks good. But that's but that's where the budget went for that CGI, and you're like, oh, okay, well, now we're broke. We don't have any money for the music. So that's probably what happened, actually. They're like, oh shit, we just did this and we're broke. No, but uh, the fact that he's laying there in the car and he's fucked up and put me out of my misery, you know, it makes sense, obviously. But I don't think Mike would have the will to actually do that. I actually argue the point that he would be able to pull the trigger on that because that's not his style at all. I don't I, I I know it's not like the point of the film, but I actually find it believable. I'm like, I just can't do this. I can't do it, man. You put me in in a he the way that Mike originally reacted to the situation when they went to the bar and the guy stabbed the dude with the bottle and he just left him there to die. Mike was completely freaked out by that scenario. And now but Jim he, wasn't. That's that's where you have uh, an opportunity to say something interesting about Jim because he gets excited by the death. Then he gets excited by the murder right. later on. It starts to fire him up, and you start well, to get do, they lines, mention they it. They don't examine it. They mention in the car. They're like, he's like, dude, that shit don't phase you, dog. And he's like, no, nah, man, I've seen way worse. And he explains a moment where somebody's arms got blown off. And uh, to him, that's just like a cheesy way to like imply that he's desensitized. It's not a very well done way actually to do it. And now that you mention it, but I, I just don't not think exactly that Mike subtle. would jump from. Yeah, it's not subtle at all. I don't think Mike would jump from the fact that he's petrified and totally flipped out that he calls his own woman dude when he gets back to the house. Like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Which made <laughs> me laugh. Dude, you know? I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah, when he comes back to the house and he's he ends up getting busted for the phone call right before that, and she's like, Mike, you know? He's like, whoa, dude, you're killing my buzz. And I laughed at that. That was the only time I laughed in this oh, film. Okay, that's, that's why you but, asked us if any of us have Exactly. By, yeah, yeah. Where we called our girlfriend, dude. And of course, I answered yes. I was wondering about that. <laughs> is, is uh, Mike okay? Is someone hitting him? 
yeah i, yeah, I, I noticed um also with the, the the death scene of jim like he's 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 conscious he's making statements he's rational like um we don't know that he's fatally wounded he's bleeding out of his head but head wounds bleed a lot like people get shot in the head and survive all the time i've seen regarding henry so <laughs> I, I think that also at the end of the day, like he turns Mike into a murderer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he probably needs to be put down. Like, you know, he just needs to go. Like he's got to go. Like he's, okay, he's, but... he's reached a level where like he needs to die. Like he's, he's not fit for this world. Oh, but is, yeah. this a, is this a more interesting film if Mike dies and then Jim gets to go to, you know, become whatever super soldier for the government he's going to be? Is that more interesting than like, his death scene and it's all powerful or whatever bullshit it is. That's what I thought was going to happen. Um, you know, it, it seemed like it'd make more sense uh, for, for Mike to get pulled into it all and then him die. And then it's more terrifying. The idea of Jim living and then getting a exactly. job uh, with, with Homeland security and, and, and being taken seriously and like work. That's a, that'd be a way more uh, impactful ending. Right. Exactly. Instead, we got we got the instead we got the version that you know that like there's probably two versions of this movie, right? Where the version where where uh, where Jim survives and that's what happens, and the and the version where 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 Mike dies. Um, yeah. Instead, like I can just I can just see like the the studio heads get together and be like, oh man, the audiences didn't like that. The test audiences yeah, didn't like that. It. All right, well, <laughs> we don't give a fuck what you think, David. We need to get a we need to get a flower in a pot quick. Get Eva Langoria over here. We're gonna shoot. We're gonna shoot this scene real quick, <laughs> and we're gonna shoot it. And then one afternoon, it's gonna be thirty seconds. There's gonna be no emotional closure there, and then we're gonna cut to black. Yeah, right, that's it, is. man. Life just goes on. By the way, I love regarding Henry. That was J.J. Abrams. Oh, first. I, yeah, I was gonna say really that good too. movie. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, all right. Well, you know, this movie sucks. It's obviously trash. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I just came in and shit all over this movie for you guys. I'm sorry. You need to be yourself. You don't want to be a cliche or stereotype like a David Ayer script. So it's important <laughs> that you stay true to you. Stay true to your school, like the Beach Boys said. I will tell you this as we close the show. Does this film hold up? It's time to get honest. Now, the role performance by Bale was mentioned by a couple of us earlier in the show as being oh, one God, of his yeah. finest performances. So it's not about the performance, though. It's about, no. does this movie hold up? And it's been 15 years. So this is one of the somewhat newer films that we've looked at. So it's not like it's from 1981. Travis, we know how you feel about it. So you might as well just shut it down. You know, give us the bottom line on why this movie does not hold up. Bottom line is I sincerely would have rather done a back-to-back -back feature of Dick Tracy and Mark. Oh my God. I, I really hated this movie. Like I, I kind of <laughs> stopped taking notes like halfway through and wrote, I hate this movie. I hate these oh. people. This is trash. I, um, I, I really just really just don't like the movie at all. In fact, I love you, Mike and, and, and uh, very much respect you, but I feel like you lowered the bar so much with this choice that it's a free for all now it's fucking open game i could pick whatever trash i want and and, oh. and, and subject you to it that's so um that's, that's pretty, right that's, that's pretty much what i was thinking as i watched the movie um, well you're always welcome to choose whatever you want there's no limit here. yeah it, but well i kind of try and pick stuff that i feel like both myself and the public at large think this is a good movie but does it hold up um now i'm just like <laughs> Any fucking trash. Who fucking cares? Garbage Pail Kids the movie. It's next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. my God. So my answer is no. It does not hold up. 
Wow, that is a harsh assessment. Uh, One of the harshest harsh times. <laughs> harsh times. Yeah, harsh right. times. Also, is really the title "Do Dumb"? Like, what yes. is this fucking title? It's, it's a it's shit dumb. title. Would you and rather watch either. this or Margot at the wedding? I would rather. Harsh I would time. rather watch Margot at the wedding twice. Oh my! Wow! Wow! Okay. Well, that says a lot. Okay. All right. Uh, Eric, Eric oh, uh, what about oh, you, I man? Come on, let's see what you got to say. I, I'm sorry. I dig the film. I think it's fun. I think it's going to be a rough night for me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what the fuck? Why? That is ruining your night. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I think we've got really fun scenes to watch. I mean, David Ayer creates a really interesting atmosphere. He nails South Central. Regardless of what you have to say about his his statement, this is like a 26-year-old screenwriter in 1996. Yes, it's an irresponsible, probably a really immature script, but I think it's told competently by a perverse-time filmmaker. I think the characters are interesting. Bale, he, he, he creepily goes in and out of this like street dog gangster wannabe to this weird icy soldier wannabe for the government when he's ironing the sheets and he's all cold and calculated on the phone. Oh, I slept like a baby. That stuff creeps me out. I think it's interesting. I, I like the action sequences when they go to Casper's and they all get blown away. It's fun to watch. Uh, my issues with the script don't go beyond my enjoyment of the film. I think it holds up. Now, it it reminds me of better films that flirt with this material like Jarhead uh, and, believe it or not, First Blood. You know, when you talk about ex-military person reintegrating themselves into society, First Blood with Sylvester Stallone is a fucking really cool ass movie that doesn't get enough credit. But Harsh Times is is a fun watch for me. I I dig the performances, the direction, and the script needs some work. But I, I would see it again uh, soon. Hmm. Okay, Harsh Times. Does it hold up? Uh. Be true to yourself, yeah. Mike. What are you thinking yeah. right now? I don't know. My my memory. And my current thoughts being absorbed, whatever uh, parts of my brains are working to organize all this into understanding, has created a confusion. Because I think this tells a gritty tale of the streets, so I like that about this film. It's unapologetic in that fact. Um, but when you look at it with a critical eye, you start to see some holes. Um, whether they're likable or not, I guess that's not the point. This is not, hey, is this a likable film or do we like these people? That's not what this is called. It's called Does It Hold Up? Uh, I, I think it does. I think it holds up because it seems like a film that would fit in the modern times. Uh, it could be done better. Yeah, it could. It could yeah. be done better, but I think it holds up. And if that's the question I'm being asked. I think my answer is yes. Um, Travis has raised some new awareness. Some great points. Yeah, some interesting, fascinating, legitimate points that are worthy of consideration. And but yeah, that's how I come out. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say it holds up. I'm glad that you guys really like it. I'm always kind of nervous when uh, when like a, uh, I don't like a movie that we're gonna review, especially if, especially <laughs> if you guys both like it. And I and I know that there's probably like you know, people tuning in that like never listened to us before. Like, oh, someone did a podcast episode just on Harsh Times. Well, that's my favorite movie. I gotta check it out. Well, fuck this bald asshole. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, you know, I I love movies. Um, I try to uh, approach them, uh, you know, each one as a as a for what they are, and this one just didn't resonate with me. But I'm glad I did with you guys. 
Okay. Well, there you have it. That's fine. We like to disagree. It's good to have dissenting opinions. They're always welcome on the show. And then we're closing up the Cinema 9 Pod. Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Send us your opinions on this film. Uh, do you agree or disagree? Do you have ideas for other concepts of the show? We'd love to hear from you. So, you know, Send us anything that's on your mind related to this show. Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. DM us on Twitter or Instagram. And, of course, you can always watch the show live if you want every Thursday night. We usually record about 7, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And we live stream and share that link on Twitter. We should probably do a better job of sharing the link on other areas, which we never do. And that's our fault. Uh, next week, it's a listener's choice. We're going to have a brand new movie. That'll be your choice. You get one, one choice. Share it with us on any venue. Email. You could text one of us if you know us personally. Uh, social media is welcome. Uh, send us a... Send- <laughs> Send us a picture uh, of your choice, a box copied version of the movie you would like us to review. We're open and we will make the choice at nine o'clock Eastern time, Monday night, this coming Monday. So you have, well, it's four days, three days from now, and then uh, we'll make the choice. And that's it. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, as we say a farewell? Um, not particularly. I think the, the, a quote from the movie that I think will wrap up my feelings from it was that was unpleasant. <laughs> when he sticks the turkey baster in his dick that's right yeah, yeah. well christian done bale, christian bale probably actually gave himself a fucking yes because he's such i believe a that actor <laughs> i believe that i totally believe that he's a sick fuck good god all right uh we'll catch you guys next week listener's choice so get your picks in we really want to have a nice healthy swath of movies to choose from we're looking forward to it and we'll catch you next week on the cinema nine podcast did you say dick enema I did. <laughs> <laughs>